0: Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you here today on such a bright, beautiful, sunshiny day, even if it is a little cold. You know, today we're talking about how it is so nice and so good to be close to Jesus, to be with Christ. We're learning that today as we hear our hymns and hear the songs, and in just a minute you're going to hear Pastor Sharp talk about it, too. And isn't it nice, just like my teddy bear, to have something close by? especially when we're scared or something isn't going so well we can have something close by and give it a big hug isn't that nice do you know what jesus has done for us he has taken what all of our sins away and now he promises to be with us where does he where is he right now where is he in heaven yes he is he's also right here isn't he he came there when you were baptized he lives with you every day he wants you to know that he's right close by when you need to talk to him he's ready to listen he'll listen to every word you have to say and he'll listen to all of us at once if that's necessary when you're scared you can tell him about it and then you can learn more about him in the Bible can't you about all of the wonderful things he did while he lived on earth And how he blesses and watches over us now that he is in heaven and in our hearts and he's with us every day he's close by let's pray about that dear jesus thank you for coming to earth and doing everything for us taking all of our sins away for going back to heaven to prepare a place for us and for being with us to listen to us and to help us every day please help us remember that please also help us to tell others so that they know it too we pray this in your name amen
1: god's word from luke chapter 6 verses 17 to 26. he jesus went down with them and stood on a level place a large crowd of his disciples was there and a great number of people from all over judea from jerusalem and from the coastal region around Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by impure spirits were cured, and the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. Looking at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, For you will laugh blessed are you when people hate you when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil because of the son of man rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven for that is how their ancestors treated the prophets but woe to you who are rich for you already have already received your comfort woe to you who are well fed now for you will go hungry woe to you who laugh now For you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when everyone speaks well of you, for that is how their ancestors treated the false prophets. This is God's Word. Grace and peace be yours in abundance through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, dear brothers and sisters in Christ. We all have that friend or coach or parent or sibling who's willing to tell it like it is to us, even when it's not so easy to hear. We know they love us enough and even with some fear and trepidation are willing to say tough words to us and we know they love us We love them and we trust them. And so we try not to be defensive even though we're a little bit defensive uh, But we appreciate that and we all need people to level with us from time to time on things that are truly important Jesus takes his disciples the crowds gather at a level place where he can level with his disciples about how it truly is with them and with us And he shows us how blessed we are to be with Christ. Jesus shows us what it means to be truly blessed and how we're truly blessed. And Jesus also warns against the world's ideas of blessed. Where does it hurt? You heard those words probably when, you know, tears were streaming down your chubby cheeks and everything was wrong with the world. You know, your teacher, your parents sat you up on the counter And just you know where does it hurt And you pointed down to your knee with the scrape and little trickle of blood because the world was ending you know because they cared about you and they wanted to help right when you're older it's not as neat um, as you're in the doctor's office where does it hurt you just kind of hold your whole knee area or you you hold some vertebrae or you just kind of say everywhere you know or it hurts But God's word for us today shows us that God cares. God cares about every hurt, every physical ailment that we've got going on with us. He created us, he loves us, and he takes care of us, and he cares about each and everything going on with our bodies. Uh, we, We know we can pray to him, call upon me in the day of trouble, I will deliver you and you will honor me. We reach out to the Lord, we pray to him, ask him to take whatever it is out of our life, whatever pain or struggle or suffering it is, physical ailment, and sometimes, You know, just like that, goes away or or pretty quickly we get better or something, you know, goes right and we give thanks for that. Sometimes it lingers, we're not sure, and we have to suffer with it for a while. But God provides the endurance and the care and the concern um, and the strength to bear up underneath it. And sometimes it's just there, and it just remains. But God gives us the faith to trust him that he's got a purpose for and he's got a plan for us for this life and for eternity. Jesus shows this love and care as he goes down to this level place. He had just selected the 12 disciples. Out of all the disciples who are following him, he selects 12, gonna be the special group that are gonna go with him, follow him closely for for the next while until he gives up his life on the cross. So um, he gathers at a level place, and everyone comes to see him. A lot of commentators think thousands came, Why did they come? They came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And he let them. People flocked to him. And, you know, sometimes when we're reading the Gospels, Jesus took someone aside, one-on-one, spoke with them, or did something kind of, you know, in a unique way, healed them, you know, communicated so much to them. Here, it's just people are crowding around him, and as long as they're even touching him, They're being healed. I mean, he's casting out impure spirits, and and people were crowding around him because power was coming from him and healing them all. Not even the one-on-one stuff. Just get near to Jesus and you're physically healed. And and he let them, you know, is God approachable? Sometimes we wonder, is God approachable? Well, look at Jesus. People had no fear to come and just crowd around him, touch him. I mean, on one occasion, Jesus said, you know, his disciples were saying, Jesus doesn't have time for the children. Let the little children come to me. And do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Uh, you also see that uh, Jesus cares for each and every one of them. He cares and he lets them all come. Does Jesus love them? Of course he does. You know, does God love us? Of course he does. Look at Jesus. Caring and concerned for, for their physical needs. In church we often talk about spiritual things, and we will, but, but he cares about us physically. And Jesus also cares about us spiritually, body and soul. And so Jesus levels with his disciples, levels with you and me, how blessed we are to be with Christ. Jesus shows us what truly makes us blessed, and Jesus warns us against the world's ideas of blessed. Looking at his disciples, he said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you and insult you, and reject your name as evil, because of the Son of Man. Jesus was talking to believers. He's talking to his disciples, and obviously he's talking to you and me as well. People who know him, who love him, who recognize he's the Messiah, who is to come, he's true God, he's true man, he's the Savior of all mankind. That day, crowds came from all over the area, from the really believing areas and religious areas, to the unbelieving areas, to listen to Jesus. We are his disciples and we come too to listen to him and he levels with us. Um, when you have something when you have something going on in your life and you need to... You know, someone has to tell you something that maybe is not the easiest to hear. Do you want them to sugarcoat it? Or try to sugarcoat it so that you kind of don't even know what they're talking about? Or do you want them to just lie to you? Like nothing's the matter? No, we, we need to know what's the matter. We need to know what the, what the thing is that's going on. We need to know how it is with us. And so Jesus levels with his disciples here, and he says, you as a Christian, you as a disciple, realize that as you follow me, you have all the gifts. You have eternal life in heaven wrapped up, you have forgiveness, you have God on your side. I walk with you, I care for you, but realize you're also following me makes you a target. Makes you a target of the world, the devil, and your own sinful nature. To try and rob you and take away from you everything that I am and in the blessing that I am to you. Which isn't always easy to hear. As happy as, our, as we are to follow Jesus, it's not always easy to hear that makes us targets. said, so blessed are you who are poor. Now really talking about poor in spirit, but sometimes as believers, this does make us poor. This does make us, you know, sometimes we find ourselves in poverty. Um, you know, people, Christians around the world, you know, find themselves poor or put out because they follow Christ. And they're disadvantaged economically because of it. I mean, sometimes you could think of, you know, as we support the Lord's work or we give up, on, give up things that others would run to uh, because we follow Christ or because we live a Christian life, you could consider that as well. Uh, blessed are those who mourn. You know, who we think differently as Christians. And there are things that bother us that don't bother other people. And that's difficult. Sometimes great mourning, whether it's a sin or something, the sin of this world, or the things we see on the news. Blessed are those who hunger, you know, that that we are hungry, that sometimes we go without or we go without things that that other people have. And blessed are you when people persecute you and they pick on you because of your faith, because you follow Jesus, because you hold his teachings, because you want to live a Christian life and you want to follow his commands to thank him for all he's done for us. He says blessed are the poor. He's not setting an income limit for Christians. You know, you can make this much and then after that you're sinning. Right? No. There are Christians who have been known to be very wealthy. There are Christians who have been known to have been very poor economically. Um, James and John had a decent sounding business, you know, with their dad. You know, they had a fishing thing going on. Um, The other disciples, we know different things about them. Christians throughout history, we know many things. He's really talking where he's talking about your soul. What is God's place in your heart? Who's number one in your heart? Right? That's what he's talking about. Um, because he knows being a Christian, following him, makes you, makes you a target. Jesus knew there would be many temptations for his disciples. He knew um, some awful temptations, some awful things they were gonna have to go through, not only in his lifetime, you know, but after Jesus died, rose, and ascended into heaven, even while he was ruling and reigning all things, he knew there were things that were gonna come that were gonna be especially horrible for them to go through. But he wanted them to know it, and he wanted them to realize how blessed they are to be with Christ. And to recognize what truly makes them blessed. And to warn them about the world's ideas of bless, and their offers of bless. Because you know what the devil, the world, and our own sinful natures can't stand? You're a Christian. You belong to Jesus. You have the kingdom of God. You're not subjects in the kingdom. You're partakers of the kingdom. Of God, What a high and lofty status you have. That God loves you now and that you have an eternity in heaven waiting for you and the devil and the world can't stand it. And so they'll do everything they can to put things in your way. They could even be blessings of God that they want to turn your heart to so that you focus more on the gift rather than on the giver. It could be other things in your life. But the devil would like to throw those things in there so just to, you know, just to knock Jesus out of first place in your heart. And then just kind of down the list, you know, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Well, maybe we'll seek it second today, or third today, or fourth today, or maybe eventually just kick it to the curb and not worry about it anymore. You know, you think of the disciples that were before him, whom he loved, who trusted in him and followed him, who had been following him, and one of them was Judas. Who was highly respected among the disciples? What happened to Jews? Was it pride? Where he just went, I know all that. You know, I know all the scriptures. I, you know, I know Jesus who you are, but really I'm kind of moving past you. I've got things figured out on my own. Maybe, was, it, was it pride in that or resentment? You know, I'm not getting what I deserve. You know, look at what I've given up and now this is my life. What? It's not what I signed up for. Or Obviously greed because he helped himself to things from the money bag as the treasurer of the disciples But somewhere along the line, you know, he was he was entertaining these thoughts entertaining these ideas and the devil just finally pulled Pulled the bait that had been dangling hooked his mouth and and dragged him away Judas was lost. What is it that the the devil the world and our own sinful nature? uses in our lives in your life Is it pride? You know, I know all this. I've been confirmed. I know all this stuff already. You know, I could, I could tell you the commandments. I could recite passages. I don't really need this as much as other people do. You know, so my time in the Word or time in God's house becomes second, third, or fourth down on the list. Maybe it's the, oppor- the good opportunities that we have in our community, in our country, with our families, things like that. And the opportunities we, do. we have to have fun. Or recreate, or whatever it might be, and then we run after these things. And in and of themselves are not bad things, they're awesome things, gifts of God. But when we make them, you know, number one, or above Jesus in our hearts, and they take that spot like, we're going to get fulfilled if we do these things, or we're going to find true happiness and joy if we attain these things, then they become an evil thing. And that can't really fill up. You know, Jesus says, woe to you who are rich, for you, not necessarily financially rich, but who think that the things of this world will fill you up. Woe to you who are already satisfied and full, for you will go hungry. Because if you think the things of this world are going to fill you up, or those things can replace what God gives you and what you have in Christ and keeping him first in your life, you're sorely mistaken. And he says, whoa, 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 like whoa, Nelly." like if you spell it W-H-O-A. Or he's saying, you know, he's also, what he's really saying is W-O-E, whoa. Like, you're in a bad spot if this is where your heart is. Because this means there's no room left for Jesus. Jesus levels with them about, and with us, about what the world would put in the place of Jesus, what the world will try to, and how the world works to try and get at us. And God's law does it work, does its work. We realize, you know, I. I haven't had Jesus as number one in my life. I'm his disciple, I follow him, but I've let other things become more important. Whether it's going after the things of this world, finding my comfort less in Jesus and maybe more in what my por- how my portfolio is doing or how much money I have in the bank. You know, finding my comfort and security there. Maybe I found more of my, my status, not so much as a baptized child of God, but maybe more so in the things I've accomplished with these two hands have done, or how other people view me or speak of me. Maybe I've, maybe I've let God's Word become not an important thing in my life, and you know, I've kind of pushed it to when I have time left in the day, which means I probably don't have time left in the day. And then that turns into days, to weeks, to even months. And God's law does it work; its work, and it makes us poor, because we realize We've sinned against the one who loves us the most. We've doubted the one who has only done everything for us and because he cares and loves for us. We hunger because we wonder, what does God think of me? Does God love me after I've treated him this way? Could he love me? Does he really consider me his child? We mourn over our sin and our guilt and our shame and the burdens we care, and sometimes they keep us up at night, and sometimes we can't kick them out of our mind because our conscience is just plagued. And then, and then... You know, in, in, in the world, we just feel down and out. But then, the beautiful thing is, Jesus shows us how truly blessed we are with Christ. Because we've been emptied, we're poor, we hunger, we mourn, He can fill us. And what does He fill us with? He fills us with His forgiveness, doesn't He? You know, look at the train wreck that sometimes our lives have been, or maybe a lot our t- lives have been, and yet Jesus was willing to take it all and go to the cross to suffer for each and every one of our sins, each and every one of our failures. And he paid the penalty in full so that it's not going to touch us. We're protected. What love God has for us. And then and then that the forgiveness he won on the cross, he imparts to us, he gives to us, he reminds us of. We gather together to worship, and, and Mr. Benzine said it, you're forgiven. We see the baptismal font, and we realize God washed all my sins away. When we receive the Lord's Supper, we receive Christ's very body and blood to prove to us, to give to us forgiveness, so that we don't doubt it, but know how truly blessed we are that Jesus Christ paid for all of our sins on the cross, that Jesus Christ laid down his life for ours. And so we never doubted Jesus Christ rose from the grave. So that now you and I have his assurance in this life, but we also know that we have an eternity in heaven. Christians, you think differently, and it's a beautiful thing. And it's really hard living in this life as Christians because it makes us a target. But realize that you're alive. Uh, I was reading when I was in 8th grade. Confirmation, got a nice gift from brother-in-law. Um, devotional book, which was nice. And uh, they were short devotions, which I appreciated. So, not that long devotions are bad. Right? You know, I was reading. I read a devotion. And this was this was the devotion that's... One of the devotions that stuck with me. Uh, mom was counseling her daughter. Teenage daughter who was, you know kind of dealing with some things with friends, you know, felt like an outcast when she wouldn't go along with the friends on things they were doing that were sinful. Or when she did do them, she felt guilty because she had sinned against God. And yet, as she looked at her friends who were not Christians, they didn't seem to be bothered by any of it. They kind of looked at her as weird for the way she was thinking. And she's like, what, what is this? Why, why is this? Why do I have to deal with this? And the mother simply said, you know, if I put a hundred pound weight on your chest, would you feel it? Well, yeah, I'd feel it. that would not be comfortable. Now if I put a hundred pound weight on a corpse, would it feel it? Well, no. What's the difference? You're alive. You're alive. God has made you part of his kingdom. God has made you his child. Jesus has redeemed you by his blood. You are forgiven and freed, and so you feel these things because you care. You want to follow your Lord. You are a disciple of Jesus. You follow him. And Rejoice even in the struggle even when you mourn even when you hunger even when all the, you know You feel the persecution are being picked on because you're a Christian Because you're in good company Jesus says Somewhere give me a second He says rejoice in that day and leap for joy because great is your reward in heaven for that is how their ancestors treated the prophets The world is always going to make you a target But rejoice at who you are in Christ. You're partakers of his kingdom. You have the kingdom of Christ. You're not subjects. You're priests. You're members of it. You're partakers of it. You are in that kingdom. And the beautiful thing is, it's in this life. And also in the life to come. Because of what our Savior has done for us. How truly blessed we are to be with Christ. Jesus shows us what it means to truly be blessed. And he warns us against the world's ideas of being blessed. And so we see how truly blessed we are with Jesus. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, amen. For our stewardship thought this morning, uh, we're thankful for all the gifts that God's people give. You normally, if you can remember back that far, years ago, years ago, we used to pass offering plates. We're not doing that during the season or post-COVID. You know, years ago, back in ancient times. Anyways, we're using this time to focus on our stewardship of all the gifts that God has given to us, and this weekend, we're kicking off Lutheran Schools Week at our Lutheran Elementary School, and obviously thinking about our Lutheran High School, Lutheran College, and how blessed we are to have places where children can not just learn all their subjects, not just play sports and have good influences, but they get to hear about their Savior each and every day. and then we're passing this on to the next generation through our prayers, our offerings, our efforts to, to have these schools and the great investment we make in them. And then just to, to have the privilege to sit and hear the children proclaiming this message to us. You know, the, the grade school children, the, the high school students, you know, adults, young adults, to proclaim this to us. And we pray that God continue to bless our efforts in training the next generation and that they train the next generation and so on. And so we use hymn 510 as our prayer. We pray. I pray you, dear Lord Jesus, my heart to keep and train, that I, your holy temple, from youth to age, remain. O turn my thoughts forever from worldly wisdom's lore. If I but learn to know you, I shall not want for more. Amen. Amen.